Hey, Maddie. What? What do you get when you mix a Virgo and a Sagittarius? A good time. A hot mess. <laughs> Hi there. My name is Allison. I'm Maddie. And we are two best friends from northern Minnesota who both enjoy low-maintenance houseplants, highly caffeinated beverages, and everything spooky. In our podcast, our conversations are going to range from being zen and mindful to strange and unusual. It's not a phase, Mom. Or is it? Bye-bye. It's a fruit fly? Yeah, I just flew away. Oh, bye. I was looking for fruit, but I don't think there's any fruit I don't know. I hope there's no fruit in here. You don't have a fruit bowl? No. No? No. I don't even think I've... I don't have a fruit bowl out there either. No. You don't have, like, a place for oranges or apples? Yeah, but... That's a fruit bowl. It's not a bowl. It's like a banana rack with a bottom. It's not like a bowl. It's more of like like a... a, Like a half bowl situation. It's like a woven metal basket. Mm. So... Backs it. It's a basket. Yeah. You have a fruit basket, not a fruit bowl. Sure. Okay. A metal fruit basket. A wire. (laughs) A wire... (laughs) wire fruit basket but it's not thin like wire it's thick she's thick she's wide oh yeah it's thick wire thick okay it's steel i have a steel steel fruit, fruit basket. basket yes exactly do you like popcorn i fucking love popcorn do you like movie popcorn or do you like microwaved popcorn more uh I like all popcorn, but if I go to the movies, I don't get the butter because the butter is mm-hmm. not butter. It's just oil. Yeah. It's just Yeah, disgusting. you eat seven garlic sauces from Well, no. <laughs> I only needed like two, but I, you were like, I'm going to get five. And I was like, okay. Yeah. But you're going to get That's five. That's great. Uh, hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is Maddie. And I'm Allison. Welcome to our show. Yeah, welcome. We're, we're happy that you've joined us. Yeah. I keep forgetting here. for intro. I keep forgetting intros. Yeah, I do too. People are probably like, "Who are these people? Mm-hmm. Who are these crazy hooligans?" But, but this is us. Hello. Hello. We're we're back. Where this is episode twenty three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is super cool. Which is my age. Yeah. Soon will be your age. Oof. Oof indeed. Mm-hmm. We're getting there. What are, we gotta do something like really cool for like the 50th episode and like mm-hmm. the, like oh man the 100th episode Ooh, that's gonna be i know fucking throw a party just invite all of our friends 50 episodes is like almost a year true oh so my we're at almost half a year <gasps> oh, that's so exciting. in like two weeks oh true yeah because there's 52 weeks that makes more sense yeah well if we're at you know i mean some weeks we might add a couple extra ones if we count yeah. them yeah like do like the mini sewed things, but said we've done said we were gonna do mini sods from the beginning and still haven't done mini sods six we months. We still in. <laughs> we still will. They're yeah. they're they're happening. They're happening in our hearts and in our souls. But yep. only the OGs will know because it's yeah. like a vibrational thing. Exactly. It's like Morse code. Exactly. We send it through your dreams. Yep. Yep. Only through astral projection. <laughs> it's not gonna be on Spotify. Speaking of astral projection, where it reminds me of scary movies, which reminds me of what we just watched last oh, night. Yes. You guys. Ooh. Did you have We nightmares? watched. No. That's good. I actually think I didn't have any dreams. Nice. Oh. Which is bizarre. 
Interesting. Yeah, but um, we watched the Descent. The Descent. Oh, That's what it was. It's so good. It was creepy to say. Two thousand five. Mm-hmm. Two thousand five. It was a really good movie. Which was sixteen years ago. Oh my god. And we got to relive that because should we do a little Google search of popular things in two thousand five to feel yeah. even worse about ourselves? Oh, yeah. Let Let's Let's go down that that sad hole of despair all right harry potter and the goblet of fire oh that came out. was charlie and the chocolate factory came out oh my gosh um what else like fashion trends like were gochos a thing then yeah i think so and oh. fun fact those are actually coming back uh, good those are so comfy um do you remember when tom cruise jumped for joy on oprah's couch saying oh i love you to to his wife don't at the I don't time think so honestly Kate? i've never watched oprah oh well he was it was like a pop culture type thing uh, it was like gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. like dramatic like and huge and, yeah. yeah okay gotcha gotcha um but yeah he's like i'm obsessed with katie because it's katie holmes or whatever. Mm. anyways right, right, um, yeah okay so let's oh, look up sorry. popular clothing yeah Fashion trends of 2005. Oh my god, I'm not even ready for this. How old were you in 2005? 11. So I would have been 9. Aww. Oh no. <laughs> um, It says trucker hats, skinny yes. jeans. Yes. <clears throat> iconic, er, no, ironic t-shirts such, such as Dare. <laughs> yes. Or, or like that. Cargo was, pants. Was that like the monkey? <clears throat> oh, Bob. Yeah. Bobby. Bobby. Jo- Bobby. Something. Oh, my God. It's, it was like the monkey that had all those, like... Is it Bobby Joe? I... <clears throat> the Bobby monkey. Bobby Jack. Bobby Jack. Yes, yep. yes, 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 yes. This is like unlocking memories. Remember Oof. they had a lot of those at, like, Hot Topic where you get, like, stickers mm-hmm. and stuff? Yeah. Never, never had any of those, but I knew people that wore yeah. the shirts. Maybe the booby bracelets were. Oh yeah. Well, the or was that more like two thousand nine? I'm thinking more leaning towards like two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's a fine year. It was a good year. Well, yeah. I actually yeah. don't think that was a good year. How old would I have been? Nine. Two thousand. No, that's when my parents got divorced. Oh no, <laughs> that's a <laughs> bad year. <laughs> Literally, my teacher told me like, you um. <clears throat> It's okay if you feel upset at school because I know what you're going through. Oh, and I was no. like, what? <laughs> oh, so cargo pants were fun back in 2005. Juicy tracksuits. Yes. Because you're not a regular mom. You're a cool mom. Oh, my gosh. Uggs. Yep. Were a huge... Oh, God. I can just, like, smell them. Mm. The crusty <laughs> ass. and You don't even, like, walk on the heel. You know, it's kind of yeah. like an inch above the heel that's yep. on the ground it's just a little because people are trash <laughs> uh western shirts with pearl snaps it says yes. that uh layered polos and there and, were and four like, layered camis photo. yes yes and you have like three camis and then like the hollister oof yep, yep. that's the thing i never oh i did i didn't yeah, I, I layered the camis i had oh yeah you have to do like colors. two or three yeah yeah and then like tank tops over t-shirts that, that i never got into thing. but i that was a thing yep oof wow what a time 
What a time. What a time to be alive. But that movie was... Car- Ooh, I love that movie so much. The, that oh, movie. yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Ten years later. Now we're, we're back. Yeah. So creepy. If any of you guys haven't seen it, it's about... Was it six girls? Five or six? Mm, a group I of gals. it was six, yeah. Um, they go hiking, and then Spelunking. they go, like, cave diving. Spelunking, that's the technical term. Is it actually? Yeah. Oh. I thought you were just, like, slanging it last night. You just thought I was being... <laughs> well, like, adventuring or, like, you know, boot scooting. I thought no, it was, like, spelunking a... Spelunking is the technical spelunking. term for cave diving. Oh, wow. Or cave exploration. Yeah. But, yeah. And the the one chick, she, like, doesn't bring the book. And she, like, like or the map or whatever. Yeah. She puts it back in the car. And then they end up going to a different cave. That has never been explored before and crazy stuff happens i'm not gonna give away too much but yeah it's creepy because she was like oh i want to be adventurous yeah. i want to like discover a cave and then we can like name it Ugh. yeah but it is kind of cool because it's like all it's all women which is fun i don't know I it is an empowering movie I remember who directed it but this it, it was really good i yeah. yeah i watched that probably shortly after it came out I remember watched it with my sister and parents and mm-hmm I was probably 11 or 12, and that, that movie creeped me out. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of blood, a lot of goo. A lot of goo. Yeah, yeah. it was very much gooey. Very. That's a very good uh, yep. definition for that movie. A lot of, a lot of sounds. Speaking of gooey. Yeah, I was just going to say, speaking of blood and goo. And disgustingness. Tell me what you're going to tell me. Um, so And today, everyone else, not just me. You're just talking. <laughs> Allison, today I'm going to talk to you about <laughs> medieval torture. So, yeah, I want to talk about uh, medieval torture and how it wasn't actually medieval. Mm-hmm. Um, how a lot of medieval people didn't actually do anything that people say that we did. So, hmm. we as in them or... Yeah, I was like, oh, you're medieval? All right. I am medieval. Okay. Maddie, Medi, evil. Medieval. You know, Maddie evil, medieval. That's going on my car. My name is Matt. Oops. I went away from the mic. Yeah, you disappeared. Like, mm, I'm sorry. <laughs> She's back. Bye. What are you going to talk about? I'm going to talk about the 27 Club. Yes. Which was so much fun to research. If you haven't heard of it, you're going to learn a lot about it. So. Uh, is there, like, way more conspiracies and, like, theories? Yeah. And... There's not a ton. Really? I would have thought like, there would have been, like... I mean, I'm going to talk about a couple, but there's not, mm-hmm. like... A million. I mean, maybe there are, and I just didn't go on, like, the dark web, but... Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> I don't I, want the SWAT team kicking yeah, in my no, windows, no, I didn't, so... didn't think that was the best idea. Okay. Well, take it away. Tell me about oh, torture. All right. So, uh, disclaimer and warning, I trigger guess. Trigger warning. Trigger <laughs> warning. We're going to talk a lot about blood and guts. Not really, but there's sensitive Woo-hoo! content coming, so... But I feel like if you listen to our podcast, you're like, <laughs> you're probably into some, listening to some the dark and strange and unusual. Yeah, someone is like pouring salt <clears throat> on their toast right now. Salt? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I don't. Ah, yes, you salt your toast. <laughs> is that before or after you you butter it, or like before or after you toast it? Do you salt your bread and then toast it? Ew, How does this no happen? One stick. Mm unsalted toast is how we're gonna stay okay wow 
Where that were you was going? Embarrassing. With that? Well, I just meant like someone's probably listening to this and eating breakfast, and I was oh. like jelly toast, salt and eggs, but it came out as salt and toast. Yeah, they, so. they're salt in their toast. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, all right. We're off so, to a great start. We yeah, it's fine. Ha ha ha. It's good. So a lot of my information I got off of medievalist.net, mm-hmm. talesoftimesforgotten.com. Um, all right, so. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. You know that song? No. I was just uh, no, I was just chiming in. Uh, 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 okay. I mean, maybe I know it. I don't know if I know your version. Then you're if y'all want to party like we do, if y'all want to party like us, let me hear you say, ah, 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 ah. DJ Cool. Okay. It's, you can keep going. I'm, I don't know. I could I'm, really, I'm vibing with it. I, she is. She's like bopping back and forth. Like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I'll play it for you one okay. time. I'm sure you've heard it. Okay. Anyways. Many alleged, in quotes, medieval torture devices were actually made up by hoaxers, showmen, and con artists in the late 18th and early 19th centuries. These hoaxers would display the phony instruments of torture for commercial gain telling people they were real medieval torture devices and charging people to see them. Wow. Get that bread, yeah. you know? Get that, that, get that salted bread. <laughs> <laughs> um, very little of the tortures they dis- they described um, actually took place in the Middle Ages. Hmm. Instead, they recount various events from the 17th to 19th century with perhaps a few anecdotes from previous eras. Um, some recent books... They kind of talk about, like, modern use of waterboarding, which is considered a medieval tactic, even though it's not. Yeah. Um, Have you ever tried it? I I mean, like, if you're, like, in the shower, you have a washcloth, and you're like, and you're like, yeah. (laughs) So, yes. I mean, accidentally (laughs) is more like I just, you know, I was washing my face with a washcloth, and then I was like, I'm going to go under the water. And then I was like, oh, gosh, this is not fun. I feel like. The title of this episode should be Accidental Accidentally. Water- yeah. <laughs> <Water> <laughs> well, you should write that down because. Ac- okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, like, every single time we get done with an episode, we're like, oh, what were we going to call this? Yep. And then we have to go back and re listen. And it a lot of times takes us a while because it's usually just like a brief little bloop. And then it's like, ha ha ha, that's so funny. That's yeah. going to be the name of an episode. So, Accidentally we- Waterboarding the 27 Club. Yes. Love it. Oh my gosh. Ugh, we're great. Amazing. Okay, <clears throat> so, waterboarding. Uh, the authors will mention various torture devices and usually add in some statement that, while we first hear about the 17th century, it was undoubtedly, or it would have been also seen in medieval times. Wow. So they wouldn't have to get, like, mm-hmm. no one could really prove it. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Um, however, these statements never include any evidence to back up such assertions. Mm. So, much like the guy with uh, James Dean's car. Yep. Today, historians are starting to take a look at these medieval torture devices and realizing that they're not only medieval... Wow. They're not... Oh, my God. They're realizing that they're not only not medieval... There you go. But might not even have been torture devices at all. So... To give you an example, Australian historian Chris Bishop, which I would have thought he would have had a cooler name. That's a good name, though. Chris Bishop. Probably. Yeah. Christopher Bishoper. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> yes. Um, 
Christopher Bishoper took a look <laughs> at the so-called pair of anguish. Ooh. Uh, the metallic device can be found in several museums, uh, which will note that it's from the Middle Ages, despite having little idea of where their particular item comes from. Typically, this pear-shaped, literally shaped like a pear, hmm. um, item has a latch at the tip. When, So when it's triggered, it'll open up like the spring-loaded lobes. So basically, think of a pear, okay. and then think of like a wine cork opener. At the top? At the top. Okay. And then you would... Ins- okay, so... You can, like, twist it to open it, or they can be twisted back together with a key. Okay. How big is it? So, like, a pear size. Oh, it is the size of a pear. Okay, I always imagine human size, and I was like, does a human go in it? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. So, it's, like, little itty-bitty, probably, like, I don't know. Like a Bartlett or, like, a Don... Like, like what what type of pear? Sorry, what? Like a Bartlett pear? Uh... You know, I was I was gonna I was gonna try to guess the length of this, but then I remembered I'm an American woman who's involved with men, and I don't know if I can trust what people say the sizes of things are. Aha, a pear shaped pear. Yeah, a pear shaped pear. I lost my spot. All right, so let's say it's like I don't know how big is this? How big is a pear? This big? Yeah, six inches, five inches. It's the shape of a pear. pear. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we need to get into the (laughs) dimensions that much. Um, The idea behind the pair of anguish was that it was either inserted into the mouth of the victim, the anus of the victim, or the vagina, and then it's twisted open. So it literally, like, like expands your booty hole, your middle hole, or your mouth hole. Oh, no. Supposedly, the device would cause immense pain and tearing, which... I would say. That, yeah, that sounds I would like say. that's what it would do. Um, and it could only be eased by screwing the lobes back down with a key. Ooh. So. So, like, how would it, like, it would, like, double in size? It would just, like. So, if you think of, so it had, like, we'll say petals. You know how yeah. a flower closes yep. and opens and it has Ooh. separate petals? So they would just be metal, though. I don't like just, that. Yeah. I imagine if it was, like, in your mouth, that reminds me of saw. Yeah. Like the... Remember when I texted you? I was like, this sh- shit... Yeah. Oh, just kidding. That was about my sociology. Oh, no. Homework. And I was like, that was about your... That you know, was about your yeah. class. Ugh. Yeah. Ooh. So the day okay. that I was researching this, everybody, my sociology professor... Or instructor. Sorry. I go to a community college. Um, instructor said, hey, we're going to learn about Abu Ghraib today. And I was like, fan-fucking-tastic. Great. So I was listening and reading and having to do an assignment about torture. And then I was like, you know what? Let's just put the icing on the cake. Just research a little more torture. Let's just do all the all the day of torture. <laughs> okay. Um, so Bishopers, Christopher Bishopers' re- research reveals that objects calling themselves the Pair of Anguish first started appearing around the middle of the 19th century. There is a reference to a pair-type object that was you. That was used by a well-known criminal in Paris at the turn of the 17th century. He apparently had a device designed for him that allowed him to gag his victims. Oh, God. Oh. But beyond that, there's no mention of such torture from the Middle Ages. Hmm. Oh. Interesting. Oh. Oh. My, uh, my cricket design space just opened up. Oh. I'm not designing anything right now. You don't need to do some designs? I don't need to design. That's kind of freaky because... Uh, yeah, that's kind of freaky. Anyways, 
that sound that was in the background was a door opening, not a portal to hell. So just, oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, yeah, Brad's door. making hot dogs and it's He's nice out. grilling so. and yeah. I'm just. It's too guy stuff. It's, yeah. If you hear, if you hear phantom shrieks, it's, it's just doors. It's just Brad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> wow. And if he's throwing things now. Yes. So, okay. <clears throat> In fact, a careful examination of these devices show that it could never have been used to torture people. Not only would the springs have been too weak to open up a bodily orifice, but the way that the latch was designed meant that it could not be opened at all if it was inside something. Oh. So, Bishop offers some suggestions on what this device could have been, and this is one of his quotes. One could imagine them as surgical instruments, some sort of speculum, perhaps, or a device for levering open the mouth in order that a dentist might operate, but then they could just be easily shoe extenders or sock stretchers or glove widers. Hmm. So. That's kind of, well, I don't know. I definitely, like, when you were describing it, I was like, okay, speculum. Or I was kind of thinking dentistry, but then mm-hmm. that's terrifying. Like, yeah. I don't like the dentist anyways, so now I'm like, oh, gosh. But... Maybe okay. it was the old, like, pap spirit machine. That's what I was wondering, you know? Manual like, that's... forcep. I don't know. But I feel like I feel like back then they wouldn't... They didn't do pap smear. Yeah. They're like, like you're a woman. Women are unclean. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to look or touch or talk. Whoa. Yeah. That's Go to an island like far, far away. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, while the pair of anguish may have become a torture device by people, not knowing what it was really intended to be, the famous Iron Maiden seems to be deliberate... <laughs> to be a deliberate phony invention from the more modern mind really? and no i'm not talking about iron maiden the band mm-hmm. i'm talking about the device the device yes because when i read that i was like the 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 the, uh, the rock band <laughs> and i was very confused okay so we actually hear first hear about it at the end of the 18th century when a writer named johan philippe Sieben keys mm. sieben keys sieben no not Sibinski. <laughs> i went to i went to school with a kid oh with that last name um described one oh my gosh okay described a iron maiden in a guidebook of the city of nuremberg mm. he described how in the year 1515 the german city executed a criminal with that device that resembled an Egyptian mummy case, but it had doors on it to allow a person to be put inside where sharp spikes would pierce him. He wrote, and end quote, slowly so that the very sharp points penetrated his arms and his legs in several places and his belly and chest and bladder and at the root of his member. Does that mean his wiener? I mean, I would assume so. <laughs> Such a shock. Talking about like his like membership to Costco or something like well, member. Ah <laughs> yeah. oh, like, yes. Hey, Here's your discount. Thanks for being a loyalty member. <laughs> have a have a free sample. Um, and his <laughs> eyes, his shoulder, his buttocks, but not enough to kill him. Ah. So just he, and so he remained making a great cry and lament for two days. After which he died. It is likely that Sivinkis. What if it's Sibinski? It might be. Well, how's it spelled? S-I-E-B-E-N-K-E-E-S. Siebenkees. Siebenkees? I would say just like say it fast, like Siebenkees. Like just... Oh, that... Okay. We're sorry. We can't pronounce things. It's... Uh, 
It's likely that he just invented the story, but by the early 19th century, the Iron Maiden was being displayed in Nuremberg and other places. Mm. One of them was even exhibited at the World's Fair in Chicago in 1893, which furthered its reputation. Even though the Iron Maiden of Nuremberg was deemed a fake, it still has a reputation of being a real medieval torture device, one that some of the books claimed to use it as far as far back as the 12th century. Oh. Before Jesus. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know that uh, that timeline. All right, so the next one is the Brazen Bull. Or the Brazen Bull? Brazen Bull. Yeah. For some reason, the Brazen Bull always seemed to get mentioned on lists of medieval torture devices, even though it's not medieval in any sense at all. Uh, the stories about it use it's okay sorry the story about its use um doesn't come from the middle ages nor do we have any reason to think that any such device existed during the middle ages in reality the brazen bull is actually a legendary ancient greek device that was allegedly used for torture and execution um allegedly because the very existence of the of this device is like doubtful Mm -hmm. so according to the legend the Brazen Bull was created by the inventor Perios of Athens. Okay. Parallelos? Perillos? I think Parallelos. Yep. Per- parallelogram or something. Yes. Okay. The shape of Athens. Yes. Uh, as a gift for Phalaris, the tyrant of Ag- Acragas, who ruled from C570 to C554 BC. Uh, legends say it was a massive hollow bronze bull. Oh, I don't like this one. I just know this one. Yeah, I I, I know of this. Uh, With a door in the side, a person could supposedly be put inside the bull and a fire kindled underneath. Uh, The metal would then be heated until the person was... Yeah, you guys get the point. Melty boys. Uh, Supposedly the screams would be funneled through an acoustic apparatus to make it sound like the bull was bellowing. According to legends, though, uh, the first person to be roasted inside was the creator, <laughs> which seems ironic. It's not funny, but that it's yeah, a little... it's just ironic. Yeah, yeah. There is no actual physical evidence or existence, mm-hmm. um, but the first mention, you know, goes all the way back from the yeah. Greeks, and there's actually a Greek lyric poet. That states, so it was translated by Diane Arson Sparlian, um, but Phalaris, with his pitless mind, who burned his victims in a bronze bull, is surrounded on all sides by a hateful reputation. Liars that resound beneath the roof do not welcome him as a theme in gentle partnership with the voices of boys. Oh. So, don't know if it's real, but it's most likely not. Uh, next is the Scold's Bridal. Brittle? Do you know what that is? Bridal. Bridal, or yeah, B R I D L E. I'm trying to blank. Yeah, it's bridal. Yeah, like it. Uh, yeah. Do you know like what that is? Bridal. Yeah, isn't it the? Ew. Is it that thing? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, I just okay. looked. At, I just. I just did a Google image search of torture devices. Now I'm intrigued by these. Oof. I think it's the. Allie's going to have, like, a memory game for her children that's going to be torture devices. <laughs> Mommy, Which one kills you first? <laughs> yeah. So, Skull's Bridal is an instrument of punishment used in the form of an iron muzzle that enclosed the head with a bridal bit 
that inserted into the mouth. Mm -hmm. So either to compress the wearer's tongue or press it up or press it up against the palate to prevent the wearer from speaking. Basically, this was like used if someone was out of their out of line. Oh. So it was used for like public humiliation. Um, and it was very, they used it because it was super visible and mm. it was considered shameful, like a dunce hat kind of oh, thing. That's rude. Um, but it was painful and unpleasant because it, ex- it, uh, induced so much cell, like saliva. Oh, yeah. So your mouth would just get like super fatigued and Ooh. sore. Um, Unlike the other two torture devices, the Scots Bridle really existed, and it really was used as a torture device, but not in the Middle Ages. It was, like, um, Scotland 1560s, something like that, 67 or something, Um, 100 years after the end of the Middle Ages. So, um, the Scots Bridle seemed to have mainly been used to punish women who perceived as gossipy or excessively talkative. Oh, gosh, so like your little... Well, chatty Kathy. Yeah. Oof. So we would all have these things on our that mouths. That would be salivating everywhere. Yeah. Dirty. Oof. Gross. And it's Ugh. metal, too. Like, hello, tetanus. Oh, I can't. My old friend. Oof. I can't imagine, like, metal on your teeth. That's, like, <clears throat> that's my thing. Your thing is cotton balls. Oof. I can't. I can't handle. I'm upset. Oh, no. I'm uncomfy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh, now everyone's uncomfy. Everyone's Ugh. uncomfy. Let's move along to the, uh. <laughs> Spanish tickler. The tickler? Yeah. Well, that sounds fun. No. It's not. Oh, dear God. Well, I don't like no. to be tickled, so. So the Spanish tickler, or known as the cat's paw. I'm s- now I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't, okay. Was oftentimes attached to a handle, and in size and appearance, it was an or extension of the torturer's hand. So basically, it was like a back scratcher with metal on the end. So it was like a pointy back scratcher. It was like claws. Oh. So that's um, not going to tickle you that's going No. In this way, it was used to rip sick. and tear flesh away from the bone. <gasps> oh, From God. any part of the body. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. I mean, it's injured. I mean, I, I it's so bad. I'm, I'm apologizing to everyone that's listening because no, that was okay. treacherous. Yeah, um, that is. So kind of like the... I mean, I'm being really literal here, but they, you can get these, like, claw things for, like, shredding pork meat. Like, actual, like, meat meat. Like, yeah. they are baking, like, you, it's these, like, claw things that you can, like, get the meat off the bones I think and stuff. of, like, Wolverine's hands. Yeah, that's exactly what they are. Like, we yeah. have, we have them, it's, like, little things, if you have, like, a pork roast that you need to shred. Oh, poor baby. Some shredded pork. See, it's so weird. I can, like, hear people talk about bodies like this, and I know it's fine. But then, like, if someone tells me that they're going to kill an animal, I'm like, like no. Rotten hell. <laughs> you know? It's like, it's so oh bad. Oh, gosh. But I guess this is fake. Like, when I was listening to that stuff in sociology, I literally was nauseous. Yeah. So. Yeah. This is a little I can't bit see more it. distanced. Yeah. So. Um, Still uncomfy, so though. Okay. The Spanish tickler was all because someone created a fake medieval torture device on Wikipedia in 2005. Oh. So 2005 is kind of a theme. So maybe we should like accidentally waterboard the 27 Club in 2005. Okay, there we go. All right. Because that seems to be a theme yes. in this episode. <laughs> um, the hoax article about the so-called Spanish tickler was ultimately discovered by responsible Wikipedia editors on March 2nd, 2018. 13 oh. years after. 
Um, It has since been deleted, but there is an archived version that you can read if you are so inclined. Um, I just did a a search of Spanish tickler and you can get a... No, it's fine. Um, I've seen worse, but like... (laughs) You can get a t-shirt with a... um, Like a cartoon thing of a a person Mm. getting like... Why would you red bubble? Why would you want? Why would you sell that on a T-shirt? I'm I'm confused. Because people are messed up. I mean, people. Yeah, it's yeah. You can get it. It's in stock. You can have a greeting card. I would rather. Ha ha! I miss you. I want to tickle you. Ha ha! No. (laughs) Absolutely not. Gonna rip your flesh off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Take it away. <laughs> uh, so you said Saw earlier. Yes. This one reminded me of Saw. Ooh. This one is called The Breast Ripper. Oh. Um, not Breast Stripper, but The Breast Ripper. Ripper. Known in another form as the Iron Spider or the Spider. Oh, uh, it was a torture device mainly used on women who were accused of adultery or self-performed abortion. Ah. So we love that we were already like raped and taken advantage of but when we try to take care of it ourselves we were breast ripped that is oh god okay yeah very unfortunate stuff Uh, um so what is the breast it just rips breasts off how does the instrument was designed to rip the breasts from a woman who or uh the woman and was made from iron which was usually heated so do you remember the thing in saw where they take the fish hooks and they stick them in their breast tissue yeah and they pull up on those yeah Yeah. Oh. Very similar to that. Ooh. No, thank you. Very icky. No. Um, Okay, one more. Then we're done. All right. Um, This is called the Heretic's Fork. Is that the one that's like this? Yes. Ah, yes. Oh, I didn't see your fingers last time. I thought you just went like the hinge thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, yeah. so the heretic's fork was used in the Middle Ages, mainly during the Spanish Inquisition. Wow. Expedition. <laughs> the, the Spanish Expedition. Uh, <laughs> this instrument consists of two forks set against each other that penetrated the flesh under the chin and one on the upper chest. Yep. Um, the instrument didn't harm any vital points. Uh, so it like avoided death, but it mm-hmm. definitely prolonged pain. Ugh. So, well, and it was like it wasn't like a collar, kind of like around your neck too, to keep it, keep it on. Yeah, it was a very th- yeah. thick, Ugh. like tall collar, oh. metal. The amount of tetanus these people had, I. Yeah. This is where that's this why is died. Like, why we have tetanus <laughs> is because of the medieval ages. Get your tetanus shots every ten years. Come on. People. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Oof. Yeah, That's those it. were some torture web things that uh, were and were not. Maverick's upset about that, yeah. too. He, he's like, torture, torture. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, oh my God. Maui, too. Oh, really? Ma- Maui, had, she had to chime in about that. All right. Tell me about the 27 All right. Club. Okay. We're ready. I'm excited. We're ready. Yeah. Okay. So, the 27 Club is a list consisting mostly of popular little like i probably popular 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 musicians artists or actors who died at the age of 27 
Rolling Stone states that the 27 Club has become one of the most elusive and remarkably tragic coincidences in rock and roll history. Yeah. The term became widely known after Kurt Cobain's death in 1994, with rock fans connecting his age to that of Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, Brian Jones, and Jimi Hendrix. Though it was notable to fans in the early 70s, Um, when those four visionaries died within just two years of another. When Amy Winehouse passed away in at at age 27 in um, 2011, it attracted even more attention to the significance of that age. And while the club has been largely connected to musicians, it has expanded since, as many young actors and artists have lost their lives due to everything from addiction to suicide to freak accidents Mm. so um cobain and hendrix biographer um charles r cross wrote the number of musicians who die at 27 is truly remarkable by any standard although humans die regularly at all ages there's a statistical spike for musicians who die at 27 Uh, that almost makes me wonder like if they don't love their life, is it planned? Or is it like a mob type of situation where Hollywood's like, ba da you know? <laughs> <Ba-da-ba-da>. <laughs> There's There's drugs, but like, you know, yes. obviously not shooting. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, maybe I'm a little blah, blah. Yeah. Um, Medium.com mentions one theory that, um, one theory is that the individuals make a pact with the devil and sold their souls for talent and fame. And that the death would be paid on their 27th year. Prior to being born? No. Like, before, um, like, like when they're 17 or something, you know? Like sure. In their... Like a Deadpool's type of situation where the guy comes in, he's like, hey, I'll make you a superhero, and then turn you into a... Kind of. Nasty-ass freak. It's... So, like, do you think the devil's, a like, a uh, alter ego? Like, it's a, it's a human that they talk to? Like, well, I'll make you famous if... There's a lot of lore with um, selling your soul to the devil for fame and for- fortune. Mm-hmm. Um, like, especially... I have a big chunk that I talk about Robert Johnson. Okay. Um, because he, like, has so many songs about meeting at the crossroads. I met a demon at the crossroads, I sold my soul. Like, yeah. in Crossroads Demons, if you watch Supernatural, that's a very... Um, like that there's lots of stories in history about like selling your soul. But so it's like can you, you explain only what have... a crossroads demon is? Um, well, at least it like in supernatural, I mean I'm just kinda going pop culture here, I'm not gonna like dive super deep into it, but mm-hmm. essentially if you go to a crossroads, kind of where you know, two rows cross. Yep. Um, you go right in the middle of it, and this is I'm just going from supernatural. Yep. Um you I think you like you bury something, like you you summon a demon Mm -hmm. at the crossroads and it's kind of like a darker version of like i don't know you can ask for something you can have like one thing but you then have like 10 years to live and then you have like a little bit of time to do whatever or you know live the best life yeah get the dream girl have fame and fortune have all these talents but clock's ticking then the devil will take your soul i think that's so interesting the whole devil concept is very interesting to me because Mm -hmm. 
uh, Lucifer was God's favorite angel. Mm-hmm. So it just like, I don't know. We should, maybe we could do an episode on so the So we devil. could definitely dive into that. Yeah. Because I just have a really hard time thinking that there's anyone that heinous out there. Yeah. So. But. Interesting. This is okay. just the lore. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So back to the, the theory is that the individuals made a pact with the devil and sold their souls for talent, fame, and that the debt would be paid on their 27th year of age. And this was linked to Robert Johnson. Uh, he was one of the first recorded members of the club. And while some, um, while some astrologists believe the effects of the planet Saturn are felt at age 27, which causes reckless behavior and therefore increases the chances of death. So some people think it has to do with Saturn. Could be the planets. Okay. Who knows? Uh, the British Medical Journal <clears throat> released a study in 2011 looking into whether 27 is a dangerous age for famous musicians. And the study found that there is no peak in risk around age 27, but the risk of death for famous musicians uh, throughout their 20s and 30s was two to three times higher than the general population. Mm -hmm. And the study concluded that fame may increase the risk of death among musicians, but this risk is not limited to the age 27. So, Interesting. 20s and 30s, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, all the kind of stuff. Yeah. But there's no statistical reason why. But there's proof that all these people die at the age of 27. Um, wow, that's it's crazy. Just, it's, it's crazy that we have all this information, mm-hmm. but not the explanation. So, right. um, I have a lot of stuff on here. Okay, so an article from The Independent, uh, published in 2015, took a deep dive into the statistics behind the 27 Club and found that there was no evidence that showed the celebrities were more likely to die. And the theory that the 27 Club members selling their souls to the devil um, started in 1930. So I'm going to talk about a little bit about Robert Johnson. Mm-hmm. So this started in Robinsonville, Mississippi. 19-year-old Robert Johnson, an aspiring blues musician, was hanging out at a juke joint where Legends, um, Sunhouse, and Willie Brown were playing. Between sets, Johnson dared um, to pick up one of the musician's guitars and attempted to play his own stuff, but the crowd wasn't having it. The club owners tossed Robert Johnson out of the juke, and then one night, while House and Brown were playing at another gig in Mississippi, in walks Robert Johnson with a guitar strapped to his back. House elbowed Brown and pointed mockingly at Robert. Well, boy, now what you got going on in that thing? Mm-hmm. Um, like, what are you going to do? Annoy somebody to death? And this time, something was very different. Robert Johnson took out his guitar, a regular six-string, uh, fitted with an extra seventh-string, something neither of them have ever seen before. Mm. But that wasn't <gasps> the only new thing. Johnson had acquired insane skills and unusual techniques, strumming a series of rapid-fire chords that made the guitar sound almost like a piano. A piano with three hands playing it. So how Devil could this went youngster... Down to the juke bar? Kind of. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, so how could this youngster, who less than a year ago had no skills and got kicked off the stage, return in such a short span of time as the most talented blues guitarist in the Delta? Holy crap. Some of his lyrics include, I went down to the crossroad, fell on my knees, asked the Lord above, have mercy, now save poor Bob if you please. 
sings Robert Johnson in his eerie and cool voice of this song, The Crossroads. Holy shit. So two very notable songs that Robert Johnson wrote include Crossroad Blues, um, or it's also just called Crossroads, and Me and the Devil Blues. Both have contributed to the myth of Johnson's pact with Lucifer, including the part about the dark angel coming to collect his debt. In the latter song, uh, Satan comes knocking on the singer's door early in the morning. Hello, Satan, says Johnson. I believe it's time to go. <gasps> legend has it. Holy um, shit. Yeah, I love this stuff. So <clears throat> legend has it that Robert Johnson had taken his guitar to the crossroads of Highway 49 and 61 in Clarksville, Mississippi, and made a deal uh, where the devil traded him his newfounded skills in exchange for his soul at the age of 27. And he returned wow. with a formidable with a formidable technique and a mastery of the blues. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, sadly, uh, recordings of Robert Johnson's songs seem to only be made in the final year before his death. Um, the few recordings, only 29 songs in total, went on to influence Eric Clapton, Keith Richard, Holy cow. 27 Club member Brian Jones, and so many others. And it's not to mention that hundreds of blues guitars who probably barely stopped short of selling their own souls trying to outplay him. And he was 27 yeah. when he died? Mm-hmm. So he was like the first. One of the first. Holy like, crap. Yeah. So I have compiled a list mm-hmm. of 75 people starting from the 1890s all the way to present day, who are considered to be members of the 27 Club. Let's hear them. So, the first known one, Mm -hmm. um, there's only a couple before Robert Johnson, um, but these are all musicians. So, there's Alexander Levy. He was born in 1864. He was a composer, pianist, and conductor, and he died at the age of 27 from unknown causes. Whoa. Henry Evenpole... I'm probably butchering these names, but it's fine. Um, Born in 1872, he was a uh, Belgian artist, and he died at the age of 27 from typhus. What's typhus? uh, Like typhoid fever. Oh. Typhus, um, I think. We should check. I don't know. I'll look it up. (laughs) Look it up. I'm like, I think that's like typhoid. Well, it's probably not. Typhus. What's typhus? (laughs) It's a genius of uh, sea snails. Oh. And... Uh, mollusks. So he was killed by a mollusk. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, how do you spell it? T-Y-P-H-I-S? P-H-O-S. Or U-S. U-S. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Disease caused by, ooh, rickettsia or orientobacteria. You can get, oh, God. (gasps) Sounds like typhoid fever. No. No? You can get it from infected mites, fleas, or lice. Ooh. Gross. Modern hygiene has stopped it. But it can still happen in places where basic sanitation is bad or if it gets passed on by an infected animal. Okay. So uh, typhus is not, not not a way that you want to go. Yuck. Okay, okay, anyways. On to the next one. Uh, we have Louis Chauvin, who was born in 1881, and he was a ragtime musician and died at the age of 27 from neurosyphilitic sclerosis. Oh, sad. Yeah. And then we have Robert Johnson. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about him because he's amazing. Yeah. And his music, oh my gosh. Like, obviously the recordings are very crackly because 
they were it was old in the 30s um so he was born in 1911 and he was one of the delta blues's um most celebrated and singular talents he recorded chilling folkloric songs about hellhounds the devil and the general despair amid swinging dissonant sometimes off-kilter guitar lines the likes of which have reverberated through rock and roll for decades he recorded 29 songs including ones later covered by cream captain beefheart and the rolling stones like Love in Vain, Stop Breaking Down, and performed alongside the likes of Howlin' Wolf, Elmore James, and Memphis Slim as he rose to fame. You want to know how good the blues can get, Keith Richards once said? Well, this is it. Talking about Robert Johnson. Oof. Now, according to legend, like I said previously, he sold his soul to the devil in exchange, and it's, oh, it's just super cool. So, wow. a little bit more about Robert Johnson. He was famously partial to women and whiskey. <laughs> and Johnson was allegedly poisoned by a lover's jealous boyfriend or husband. So in oh. August, yeah, oh, rascal. So in August of 1938, just a few months before his 27th birthday, uh, Johnson made moves on the wife of a lover, of the owner <laughs> of a roadhouse where he was playing, uh, drank from an open bottle of whiskey that he was offered, and he died three days later of strychnine poisoning and pneumonia. And he Holy was buried. Cow. He was buried in an unmarked grave in Mississippi. Whoa. So we don't know where he's buried. Whoa. Yeah. That's and now, spooky. I know. Like, it's, and when you listen to his music, too, it's just eerie. Mm. Like, when, when we're done with this, do we, should, we should listen to yeah. a little bit of Robert Johnson. I know my, my dad has, like, a collection of his CDs and mm. good stuff. <clears throat> wow. All right. Got a lot of people to go through, so I'm just going to kind of. Yeah, keep trying. Jump through. So we have um, Nat Jaffe, or Jafe, J-A-F-F-E. <laughs> I'm say Jaffe. Yeah, Nat Jaffe. Jaffe. Sure. Jaffe. <laughs> Born in, 18, in 1918, was a swing jazz pianist and died at the age of 27 from complications from high blood pressure. Jesse Belvin, born in 1932, was an R&B pianist, singer-songwriter, and died of a car crash at the age of 27. Rudy Lewis, born in 1936, was a vocalist of the Drifters and died from a drug overdose at the age of 27. Joe Henderson, born in 1937, was an R&B gospel singer and died of a heart attack at age 27. And it's weird, all these, like, health problems, like... Heart. Yeah. Like, I feel like people don't get heart attacks when they're 27. I mean, I know it's different, like, health problems have changed and stuff, but we live a lot older than we used to, but... Even so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rock and Robin Roberts. Oh. What a name. <laughs> um, born in 1940, was an original member and singer of the Fabulous Wailers. Mm-hmm. Died in a car crash at the age of 27. Malcolm Hale. Ooh, Malcolm Hale. Uh, born in 1941, was an original member and lead guitarist of Spanky and Our Gang. Died from carbon monoxide poisoning at the age of 27. Jesus. Dickie Pride, born in 1941, was a rock and roll singer and died from a drug overdose from sleeping pills at the age of 27. Brian Jones, born in 1942. Uh, Brian Jones was the co-founder of the Rolling Stones, guitarist and multi-instrumentalist, and drowned in a swimming pool at the age of 27. The coroner's report literally states, death by misadventure. Okay, but isn't that on a few of these? Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't like that. Doris Nefedov, she's also known as just Alexandra. Um, 
She was a uh, born in 1942, was a German Schlager vocalist, and died in a road accident at the age of 27. Alan Blindall, Blind Owl Wilson, born in 1943, was a lead singer and primary composer of Canned Heat and died. <laughs> Some of these band names, I'm like, all right. I'm open up a thing of Canned Heat. Open up a Canned Heat. Started. Yeah. <laughs> and he died of a drug overdose at the age of 27. Oh my God. So it's like drugs and misadventure and heart problems. It's so far. Oh yep. my God. Okay. I mean, there's, there's more where there's a little bit more variety, but it is. It's kind of in, like, a section. Right. Like, there's, like, a certain... Freak things. Yeah. Like, not, not okay. old age, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and moving on, we had Jimi Hendrix, born in 1942, was a pioneer electric guitarist, singer, and songwriter for the Jimi Hendrix Experience, as well as the Band of Gypsies. In the early hours of Friday, September 18th, 1970, while staying with a girlfriend in London, Jimi took sleeping pills... Nobody knows how many he swallowed or whether he understood, you know, what he was taking. Uh, the drug was Ves- Vesperax, um, a mm-hmm. strong barbiturate. Half a tablet was strong enough to put a man to sleep for eight hours. And Jimmy may have swallowed as many as nine. Holy shit. He also had been drinking. Um, Why do they all take sleeping pills? Like, I get it that they're tired and they're partying and they're all doing all these things they can't sleep and stress and but, like... Mm-hmm. 60s That's and 70s, man, it was bizarre. lots of drugs. <clears throat> yeah. Um, some of those drugs were new, too, but... This was foolish and reckless, but it was in character. Uh, during his years on the road, Jimmy had gotten into the habit of using drugs indiscriminately. Uh, Jimmy would take a handful of shit, not even knowing what it is, his friend Deering Howe said. Damn. Um, yeah, he'd just, like, take anything given to him, just, eh, fuck it. Um, he passed away at the age of 27 from... Ex- 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 Asphyxiation um, from vomiting while he was oh intoxicated. My God. He choked on his own vomit. Yeah. <gasps> Not a good way to go. Oh, dear God. I know. Do you think that's where it came from to get people on their side? Oh, yeah. For sure. From him? I mean. Or, like, of the like? It's probably more common in the party community. You know, feeling like wow. it's more like, oh, like, yeah. You know. Flip more. Especially if people, like, if you're drinking. You take whatever drugs you're at a party, and you're yeah. like, oh, whatever, I have a drug. Well, I don't know what you're mixing with what. Oh you get God. really tired, and you're like, oh, I need to go to sleep. You, um, If you are passed out, so this is kind of like a PSA, don't mix alcohol with drugs at parties. Don't be dumb. Um, you can asphyxiate on your own spit. Oh, my God. So, like, don't do bad things like that. Wow. And next on the list is Janis Joplin. Mm. She was born in 1943 and was the lead singer for Big Brother and The Holding Company, <clears throat> uh, the Cosmic Blues Band, and Full Tilt Boogie Band, as well as her own solo career. She died at the age of 27 from a drug overdose, and it was most likely heroin. A lot of these people had heroin problems. Then we have Alistair, or Arlister. Um, Arlister Dyke Christian. Uh, he was born in 1943, was the frontman, vocalist, and bassist of Dyke and the Blazers. Oh and my. he was murdered at the age of 27. Oh my. And then we have Jim Morrison, born in 1943. 43 was just a bad year for people. Oh, no, kidding. He's a <laughs> um, girl, right? Um, just kidding. That's Van Morrison. Yes. 
Um, so Jim Morrison, born in 1943, was a poet and avid reader of philosophy. He rose to prominence as the lead singer and lyricist of The Doors, a band he founded with a friend in 1965. By 1969, his drinking had become a problem, making him late for performances and fueling onstage behavior that was unsavory. Um, so in July... Any examples? Or was he just, like, hammered on stage? He just fucking hammered. Oh my god, that's yeah. so sad. Mm-hmm. Addiction is terrible. Yeah. So in July of 1971, Morrison died of a heart attack, apparently caused by a heroin overdose while living in Paris. Um, it is thought that he mistook the drug for cocaine and snorted a fatal amount. Jesus. Don't, sm- don't snort heroin. And moving on, we yeah. have Linda Jones, born in 1944. She was a soul singer and died from complications with diabetes. Leslie Harvey, born in 1944, was the guitarist of The Stone and the Crows and was the brother of Alex Harvey. He died at the age of 27 from electrocution. Oh my god. Yeah. What? That's like, all. was he in jail or was he just like. I you think a freak stick accident. my finger in there. Freak accident. I'm oh assuming. Oh my god. Ronald Pigpan McKernan. He was born in 1945 and he was the founding member, keyboardist, and singer of The Grateful Dead. And he died at the age of 27 from gastrointestinal hemorrhaging oh. associated with alcoholism. Oh. Yeah. Ouchie. Pain. Um, Roger Lee Durnham, born in 1946, was the singer and percussionist of Bloodstone. Died at the age of 27 from injuries after falling off of a horse. What? Just whoops. Yeah, being yeeted off by a horse. Yeah. Um, Okay. Wallace Wally Yawn, born in 1947, was the organ player of Chase and died in a plane crash at the age of 27. Dave Alexander, born in 1947, was the bassist of the Stooges and died from a pulmonary edema. 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 Pulmonary edema at the age of 27. Pete Hamm, born in 1947, was the keyboardist and guitarist of Badfinger, died at the age of 27 from suicide. Gary Fain, um, 1948, was the former bassist of Uriah Heep and the Keith Hartley Band, and he died from a heroin overdose at the age of 27. Angelica Sobredo Galanes, Galanes, I'm butchering these names, um, she was more known as Cecilia, and she was a singer and died in a car crash at the age of 27. Helmut Kohlen, I'm probably butchering that too, sorry, (laughs) he's got like umlauts and stuff, I don't Mm -hmm. know. Born in 1915, was the bassist for the band um, Triumvirate and died from carbon monoxide poisoning. I'm going to say at the age of 27, but that's redundant now. So, but like, isn't the only way to die from that like sitting by a car? Um, well, I mean, it could be like a gas leak in your house or something, isn't it? Oh, God. Like, I mean, yeah, but like, I don't know. What the hell are the odds of that happening unless you go sit outside and in your garage you know what i mean like two now that's weird mm-hmm. chris bell born in 1951 was a singer songwriter and guitarist of the power pop band big star died in a car crash at the age of 27 zenon de fleur uh, born in 1951 was the guitarist of the count bishops and died at the age of 27 from a car crash car crash <laughs> and subsequent medical conditions 
Jacob Miller, born in 1952, was a reggae artist and lead singer for The Inner Circle, died in a car crash at the age of 27. Masako Nasume, uh, born in 1957, uh, was an actress and died at the age of 27 from leukemia. Dee Boone, who was born in 1958, was the guitarist and lead singer of the pop punk band, or the punk band, Minutemen, died in a van accident at the age of 27. It's not a car accident, a van. A van. Oh my. And it's weird to be that some of these had said, like, a road accident and I was like oh did they like get hit by a car mm-hmm. or they were in a car I don't know um Alexander Bashlechev I'm not gonna try yep. to pronounce that again that's what that's what their name is born in 1960 was a poet rock musician and songwriter died at the age of 27 by falling from a high point most likely was a suicide oh my gosh a lot of these are vague which adds to the eeriness of it mm-hmm Amar Singh Komika, Kil- Kila, sorry, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> born in 1960, was a singer, songwriter, musician, and composer. Was murdered at the age of 27. Jean Michael Besquet, I'm butchering this person. Um, born in 1960, was a painter and graffiti artist. Also formed the band Gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, they died at the age of 27 from a drug overdose of speedball, which is a combination of cocaine and heroin. Don't mix drugs. Uh, Pete DeFreitas, um, born in 1961, was the drummer for Echo and the Bunny Men. Died in a motorcycle accident at the age of 27. Finbar Donnelly, born in 1962, and was the singer of Five Go Down to the Sea and died in a drowning accident at the age That's of 27. That's too ironic. Yeah, I didn't realize that when I was yeah, doing my notes. <laughs> and then we have Chris Austin, born in 1964, was a country singer and guitarist, fiddle player, or well, was a country singer and guitarist slash fiddle player for Reba McIntyre. And died. I love Reba. I know. Oh. Reba. He died in a plane crash. Sad. At age 27. Um, Demeter Voev, born in 1965 was a poet and founder of the Bulgarian New Wave band New Generation. Died of cancer at the age of 27. Mia Zapata, born in 1965, was the lead singer of The Gits and was murdered at the age of 27. And then we have Kurt Cobain, born in 1967, an icon of Seattle grunge scene. Cobain formed Nirvana with a friend in 1985. The band achieved mainstream success in the early 1990s, um, under the glaring public spotlight, Cobain struggled with mental illness, chronic health problems, and a heroin addiction. And he died at age 27 from a gunshot wound. And then Amy Winehouse in 2011? Mm-hmm. There's she... more in between then, but yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Do you have them? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Kristen Pfaff, uh, born in 1967, was the bassist for Hole and Janitor Joe, and died from a heroin overdose at age 27. Richie Edwards, born in 1967, was the lyricist and guitarist for Manic Street Preachers and disappeared at the age of 27 near a mm. common suicide site and was later presumed to be dead. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like the disappearance one. <laughs> oh, that one made me uncomfy. Uh, Randy Stretch Walker, born in 1967, was a rapper and was murdered at the age of 27. 
Patrick Hawkins, also known as Fat Pat, born in 1970, was an American rapper and member of the Screwed Up Click, and he was also murdered at the age of 27. Talik Raymond Rogers, also known as Freaky Ta, born in 1971, and he was an American rapper and member of the hip-hop group Lost Boys. He was murdered at the age of 27. Kami, born in 1972, was the drummer for Malice Miser, died at the age of 27 from um, subarachnoid hemorrhage. We have um, Rodrigo Bueno, born in 1973. He was a singer and died in a car accident at the age of 27. Sean Patrick McCobb. McCabe? McCabe. <laughs> I'm like, it's the McCobb. Uh, born in 1972, was the lead singer of Ink and Daggerand. Uh, Ink and Dagger. And died at, uh, died of asphyxiation at age 27. Mm. Maria Sereno Sereno, uh, born in 1973, was the backup singer for Passion Fruit. Died in a plane crash at the age of 27. Jeremy Michael Ward, born in 1967, was the sound mixer for the Mars Volta and De Facto. Died of a heroin overdose at the age of 27. Jonathan Brandis, 1976, uh, was an American actor and died by suicide. He was in... Is the name familiar to you? Jonathan Brandis. He was in... He was in Saved by the Bell. And Never Ending Story. And Never Ending Story. It... <clears throat> yeah, that is really sad. Yeah. That is tragic. When I was going through, I was like, I knew that name was familiar. And then I looked up what he was in. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, next we have Davor Morski-Bowick. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, born 1977, was the original member and lead rapper of Pretty BG and died of a drug overdose at age 27. Brian Audison, uh, born 1978, was the guitarist for American Head Charge and died from a prescription drug overdose at the age of 27. Valentin Eliza Elday, uh, born in 1979, was a Mexican band singer and was murdered at age 27. Damien Damo Morris, uh, born in 1980, was a member of the Australian deathcore band The Red Shore and died in a bus accident at age 27. Orish Grinstead, born in 1980, was a founding member of the R&B group 702 and died of kidney failure at age 27. Elizabeth Bipsy Amarian, Born in 1982, was a singer-songwriter and was murdered at the age of 27. Jade Goody, uh, she was a uh, born in 1981 and was a reality television personality and died of cervical cancer at age 27. Mm. Jade Goody, you maybe would recognize her too. Um, Jade? Yeah, Jade. G-O-O-D. Yeah. Jade Goody. Um, Big Brother. She was on, like, oh, okay, reality yeah. TV. I mm-hmm. don't know her. So, I mean, she was in the limelight. Yeah. I made a point of finding, like, everyone, not just the popular ones. Yeah. Um, A lot of the early ones, too, were from the African-American community, and I definitely wanted to touch on those people, because a lot of times they're like, oh, yeah, let me just talk about the most popular ones, but... Right. And we have Dash Snow, born in 1981, was an artist and died of a drug overdose at age 27. Lily Tembo, born in 1981. She was a Zambian pop singer and died of gastritis at age 27. 
Nate Nyack, born in 1982, was a was the bassist for numerous pop punk bands, and he died in a car crash at age 27. Achik, Akik, Akik Spin, born in 1982, was the member of the Malaysian pop group Spin, and died at a car crash. Died in a car crash at age 27. And then we have Amy Winehouse, who was born in 1983 and was an R&B singer-songwriter, and she died of alcohol poisoning um, at the age of 27. Her blood alcohol content was, I want to say, like, five times the, like, legal limit. Oh my god. So, the amount that she, yeah, is bad. And we have a couple more after uh, we have Richard Turner, born in 1984. He was a trumpet player, collaborator with Friendly Fires, and he died of a heart attack at age 27. Nicole Bo- Bogner, uh, born in 1984, was a singer for Visions of Atlantis and died at age 27 from an undisclosed illness. I don't like that at all. I uh, know. Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Sahara Davenport, born in 1984. Was she sounds familiar. Drag queen, singer, television personality, and classically trained dancer. Died of heart failure at age 27. Oh my gosh. Sarush Lelouch Farazmund, born in 1986, was the guitarist of the Iranian-American band The Yellow Dogs and was murdered at age 27. Slada Gurandas, Gudaras, Guduras? I'm so American, I'm sorry. <laughs> Born in 1986, was a Bosnian pop singer and actress and was murdered at age 27. Thomas Lowe, born in 1988, was the bassist for Viola Beach, died in a car accident at age 27. Thomas Fekete, uh, born in 1988, was a guitarist for Surfer Blood and died at cancer at age 27. And then Anton Yelchin, born in 1989, was an actor and guitarist for the Hammerheads Mm. and died of an accidental blunt traumatic asphyxia at age 27. He was in Charlie Bartlett. Um, He was in the newer Star Trek. He was Chekhov in the new Star Trek. I've never seen Star Trek. Um, He He died from what? Blunt? Accidental blunt traumatic asphyxia. He was in a really, really bad car accident oh, and okay. died from like, injuries after. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay, I was like, <laughs> you know, like he, he was, died from what? He choked really hard? Like, <laughs> oh, I was just really confused. Oh, no. And then King Kim Jong Hyun, uh, born in 1990. I was say Kim Jong Un? No, I know. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> was the lead vocalist and lyricist um, for Shin Yi and died by suicide at age 27. And then last on the list, we have Fredo Santana, born in 1990. He was an American rapper and died from cardiovascular disease mm. and ideo, idiopathic, idiopathic, sorry, idiopathic epilepsy at age 27. Sad. So that's the list of 75 people, and they're yeah. all kind of in the same, like, not, I mean, obviously there were some people that died from cancer and, like, mm-hmm plane crashes and stuff but like that's a lot of car accidents it's a lot of plane crashes and it's just yeah that's weird it's when juice world died i was like oh my god is he 27 <laughs> no i know yeah no but... he's 21 so the last death was when 
Um, he was born in 1990, and he died at 27, so... 2017? 2017, yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yep. I mean, there's probably more. I mean, maybe people just aren't selling their soul as easily. Yeah. <laughs> or if it's a weird, I don't know, whatever, if it has to do with Saturn, or if it's just a weird, weird coincidence. Um, but there is another aspect of the 27 Club... Um, a popular pop culture superstition holds that a white Bic disposable lighter is bad luck. And while there are many reasons why people believe this, uh, the most commonly referred to reason is that several members of the 27 Club, uh, including Kurt Cobain, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, all allegedly had this product in their pockets when they died. A 2013 post from High Ideas states that everyone knows that white lighters are bad luck. Most people understand it as a fact, even though they may not believe it. Um, but does anyone know the real reason behind it? There are multiple reasons in history why white lighters are considered bad luck. And the first reason is because when disposable lighters first came out, they only came in two colors, black and white. Ah. Now, <laughs> when people would try to pack bowls down with their lighters, the ash would often get stuck at the bottom of their lighters. Mm. So, when they were investigated by the police... White lighters would show signs of smoking marijuana and ash burns, and black lighters wouldn't. Mm. So you're more likely to get caught with a white lighter, or you, you know, more yeah. proof with that. Yeah, that's and, interesting. Yeah. Another reason revolves around the four famous musicians and fellow stoners, Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, and Kurt Cobain. All four of them were left-handed, and they all died at 27. And what left-handedness has to do with it? Nothing. Yep. A curious thing. No, it has nothing to do with it. I'm left-handed. <laughs> the coincidence was that all four of their autopsies showed that when they died, they had the white Bic lighters in their pockets, um, which actually has been debunked. Sorry. I know it's kind yeah, of a cool for thing. Whoever I talked to, like, a couple days ago, I don't even know if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> but someone, I was talking to someone, I don't know if it's my family or a friend or mm-hmm. someone, it was not true. <laughs> Sorry. Like, like it, it's been debunked by Snopes. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Like, especially the ones in the 70s. I mean, with the ones in the 70s, Bic lighters hadn't been distributed. Like, they hadn't made their disposable lighters until 1973. Mm-hmm. And all those people died in 1970 and 71. So it's like, yeah. those lighters weren't even out. Sure. Um, there was another style of lighter that was out in, um, in France. But they weren't Bic lighters. They yeah. were, like, these more, like, circular ones. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And the the, possi- the possibility of them having this new French lighter is probably... Like, I doubt it. It's... Yeah. You know, who knows? Um, so, this is just a little thing from that website that I found. So, next time um, someone pulls out a white lighter, throw that away or break it. Um, this person that wrote the article said that they've had several personal cases where bad things happen and every single time they'd used a white lighter. Crazy. So, I don't know. Bad luck might be bad luck because so many people put so much thought into it being bad right, luck. They've given it power that they've made it a thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, of the four musicians frequently associated with this rumor, only Kurt Cobain could unquestionably have been carrying a big, a white big lighter at the time of his death, since huh. he passed away in 1994, long after Bic had gained prominence in the U.S. Um, But according to a set of photographs released by the Seattle Police Department in 2014, 
Cobain had two lighters in close proximity to him on the day of his death. However, um, neither of those lighters in, was in his pocket and neither of them were white. Uh, one yeah. was a multicolored lighter that was discovered in his heroin kit and the other lighter um, appears to be distinctively pink in photographs. Hmm. So, the talking a little bit more about the other people that they think have the white lighter thing. I'm debunking them. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I got the facts. Um, the, the official LA medical examiner coroner's autopsy report for Janis Joplin is available online, which is odd and morbid, but now I want to yeah. read it. Um, and it makes no mention of any cigarette lighter of any mm-hmm. brand, color, or type having been found on or around her body. Jim Morrison died in a bathtub of his Paris apartment and therefore couldn't have had any lighter on his person um, since he was not in the habit of taking baths fully clothed. He was naked. Um, Also, Morrison uh, was also determined to have died of heart failure, so French authorities deemed an autopsy unnecessary and they didn't perform one. What? That is super bizarre. Yeah. Um, A lot of them just... Yeah, they just didn't do autopsies. They're like, oh, it was obviously this. Oh, it was obviously that. Hmm. Which is creepy. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix's death certificate, um, listing his cause of death as inhalation of vomit, mm. is available online. Um, but we could not find a full copy of his autopsy report. Nonetheless, we found no sec- secondary references that report indicating it included any mention of a white cigarette lighter on or about Hendrix's body. So, in short, there's extremely little chance and zero evidence documenting that any of the four musicians mentioned um, had the white disposable lighters in their pockets at the time they they breathed their last breath. But it's still really creepy. Yeah, no kidding. Most of the deaths mentioned uh, were considered suspicious, and some of them didn't even have an autopsy performed. So, how did all these great musicians die at such a young age? Did they make a deal with the devil to have him come claim their souls at age 27? Was it their rock star lifestyles? Was it depression? Some of these musicians even predicted their own deaths earlier in life, which is even more eerie. Um, Like who? I'm gonna tell you. Okay. Um, It is said that Kurt Cobain told a classmate at age 14 that he would become a successful musician and go out in a blaze of glory like Jimi Hendrix. Amy Winehouse was even quoted three years before her death saying that she believed she would die at a young age and join the 27 Club. What the fuck? It was even said, I know. I know. Like, why would you say that? Unless you knew something? I don't know. Um, It was even said that the night before Jim Morrison's death, um, that he was reminiscing through old photographs and that he was acting strange. So did... What the hell? I know. I get goosebumps when oh, I like that he was reminiscing like and going through old pictures. He was acting strange, saying his goodbyes. Um, so did these musicians know who or what was coming for them? Or do all of their deaths just happen to be a coincidence? And we'll never know. And that's it. That's all I got. Oh my god. And it's creepy. It's creepy. It's unexplained. I don't... Oh. I don't like that at all. Yep. So if you know anything, please chime in. Um, yeah, oh, I thought you were looking at me. I was like, oh, yeah. I don't fucking know anything like this. What do you? Yeah. What do you? What do you think it is? Ugh. Creepy. I have no idea. It's probably Saturn. <laughs> fucking Saturn. It's always we can always just blame the planets. Yeah. Just blame the heavenly bodies. 
Yeah. Fuck you, Saturn. Wow. That is so crazy. Well. Creepy. Yeah. I'm glad that we guys talked about that. Next week, I think I'm going to do something a little bit lighter. I was thinking that, too. We've been a little little dark and dreary. Yeah. I mean, the Curse Films was fun, obviously. That was super that was, fun. Yeah. That was a good time. We had giggly and yes. fun. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, thanks for sticking around and listening to our yeah. episode, guys. We Thank really you, appreciate everyone. it. Um, Allie, where can you find us? Well, we do have Instagram. And we do. It's it's not a phase pod. We do have that. We also do have we? a website that's oh, really cool. Oh, we do. What, that what's is that? updated every week. And there's like stickers on it and there's merch on it and it's really cool. Um, and it's uh, www.itsnotafazemompodcast.com. We're on TikTok. We should actually make some TikToks. <laughs> yeah. It's not a phase mom podcast. Facebook. Or no, the TikTok. Oh, no, no. Why? It's not it. Why? Just kidding. It's just, okay, TikTok, not a phase mom podcast. Yes. Facebook is it's not a phase mom podcast. We're on Patreon. Yes. It's not a phase mom. Go on our Patreon. Please become a donor. Support us. We get cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We're available on. What are we available on? We're available on Anchor, Anchor. Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and Castbox. 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 Leave us a review. Please you like do. Us. Please do. Leave us a review. Tell Rate your us. Friends. DM us. Tell your friends. Tell your grandma. Tell everybody. Um, Shout out to the new listeners that we have in. Yes. Uh, Saudi Arabia and Sweden. Heck yeah. That's pretty cool. We we love you. Welcome. Thank you. You're, you're amazing. All, all aboard a fun experience. Yeah. Yeah. So uh blessed is fruit and stay spooky, I guess. Yeah. Stay spooky. Love you. Bye. Bye.